I'm Don Lavelle, and uh, our two panelists are uh, Cisco Victor to my right and Bert Ortegon to my left. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Uh, we're going to be dealing with morality, the church in changing times. Uh, so often we hear a lot about morality, what it is, what it is not, who has the right to tell us what to do. But uh, I think that we ought to look at this in light of biblical doctrine. And what we want to do today is ask a question, and, and I'd like to just address it as well. And that is, is there room to redefine morality uh, in order to relate to changing people and changing times. So is there room to redefine morality? Now, uh, we're going to talk about a number of things. As a matter of fact, uh, we won't perhaps get into them specifically today, uh, but we will deal with uh, uh, aspects of the debate on uh, whether or not it is right for uh, two people of the same gender to be married, or the uh, abortion issue, or the gun issue, whatever uh, happens, we're going to actually deal with it today uh, in, a, in somewhat of an indirect way. Now, we're not at all afraid to deal with it directly, and we are going to deal with it directly as we continue uh, these broadcasts. But I would like to just think uh, about uh, what's going on. I'd like to think about and actually talk about what's going on in our nation and in the Western world where people are saying basically no one has the right to tell me what to do or they're saying that what I think is important and should be done regardless as to what the others uh, in society are thinking. And of course, being Christian, we are often uh, castigated for being narrow-minded, uh, intolerant, uh, and whatever else uh, that's negative out there. So I would like for us to deal with this today, and I would like for our audience to just uh, sit back and relax because we're not actually saying that as individuals we have the right to tell somebody what to do. But what we are saying is that God has a standard definition of various things. He has a standard definition of morality. Um, morality is uh, the distinctive of, of what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. And uh, we don't think that we should make that up as we go. Uh, but there are those people in society who feel like that, and they are our neighbors. So uh, how do we continue to be neighborly while at the same time saying this is what God has said? I know oftentimes when we say this is what God has said, someone might say to us, oh, that's just your interpretation of what God has said. Well, you know, it's sort of like opinions. Sometimes uh, we say, well, well, that's just an opinion as though it has no validity. There are opinions that are right and there are opinions that are wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are interpretations that are right and interpretations that are wrong. And uh, we're sitting here not to say that uh, God has made us individually um, into someone who has the right to go up to a perfect stranger and say, what you're doing is wrong. I mean, there may be some isolated cases of that in all of our lives. For, you know, if I saw a 10-year-old boy uh, playing baseball in the middle of the street and uh, there are a lot of cars there, I'm going to try to get him out. I'm going to try to persuade him to come out. If there's a bus that is going off a cliff 
I, I need to say as a Christian or even a non-Christian, but especially as a Christian, I need to jump up and down and say, please stop, stop mm -hmm. now. This bus is going off a cliff. If you and I were to see someone who needed medical help uh, lying in, in the road bleeding to death, I think we would say, I, I need to call 911 and if I, whatever I need to do to, to save this person's life uh, within particular bounds, I need to do that. And so oftentimes it is tolerated in one sphere, or that is uh, people saying what you should or should not do, but it's not tolerated in another, especially when you attach God's name to it. And so I would like for us uh, to answer this question, is there room in Christianity for redefining uh, morality in order to relate to people around us? And uh, is it permissible to conform to these so societal norms? Is it permissible to do that? Does, does God mind? So uh, why don't we just jump in, uh, 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 Dr. Cisco? Well, that question, there's a key word there, and it's Christianity. And that's, that's what we're initially addressing as Christians. Do do we have the right to change the definition of morality, to, to uh, tinker with truth and be innovators where truth is concerned? And I always go back to the passage in the small book of Jude where he says that uh, he's writing, appealing to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And there's a key word in there, and that's once, once delivered. So of the many things this passage is telling us, the one thing it's telling us is that truth does not come in installments. Truth came once, and then there were stewards of that truth. And now here we are in the church today as uh, a privilege to be in the Christian church, and we're stewards of a truth that's been passed down. And so it's not my right, not anyone's individual right, to tinker with what has been passed down, but to uh, struggle with the text, these ancient texts that were written so uh, long ago before we ever came on the scene, to struggle to understand what they say. And then when we uh, correctly see that truth exposed, we are to preserve and hold that and, and hold that as the standard. So you're saying to us then that uh, good, bad, right, and wrong are given to us by God and that we have become as believers and especially as as church leaders we have become stewards of the truth stewards of, of the sayings of God that's what you're saying absolutely yes. yeah well, we're saying there is absolute truth because it comes from God wow. if it came from me if it came from our peers if it came from anyone else then we have the right to question it. But if it comes from God, who is our creator, then we as the creation must submit to that and recognize that. You, you know, uh, I, I, I think you're so right. And um, I, uh, Bert, I know you, you're a man of God, you're a pastor uh, here at, at the fellowship, and you also travel around the world. I, I think what uh, uh, Dr. Cisco has said is just so right on. And uh, I remember once I was eating uh, with a guy, a friend of mine, who had said, I want to take you to a place where there's the best catfish in the world. And when we got there, it, it, he was sorely disappointed. And uh, he said to the waiter, uh, this is terrible. And the waiter said, of course, uh, uh, 
you know, why is it bad? He says it's bad because it doesn't taste good, one. one. He said, and number two, it's bad because uh, you didn't give us enough of it. <laughs> so, so I remember then a little later, a huge uh, cook came out. out. Uh, he was uh, maybe 350 pounds, about uh, maybe six feet, three or four inches tall with a meat cleaver. And, uh, and so I was thinking, oh my goodness, what is going to happen, you know? So I, I would like to just use that sort of, what of an example. It's one thing to get on the person who is bringing the food, mm-hmm. and it's another thing to deal with the one who who made this. So God is, of course, not one with a meat cleaver, but God is one who has authority to tell us what to do, how to live our lives. And uh, we are servants of God. So then I, I would like for us to, to delve into this uh, question of morality, uh, uh, because we are seeing, as uh, Cisco said, uh, maybe people wishing or desiring that we change, as it were, landmarks, mm-hmm. changing the standards mm-hmm. that that our foreparents lived under. And so we are changing landmarks. No one it would accept the fact if you had 40 acres or 1,000 acres and there were in every corner of uh, your property a a stake that says this is Bird Ortegon's uh, property. This is where it begins. This is where it ends. These are the four corners. If someone came and dug those up, we, we wouldn't accept that. We, we would be outraged. So uh, when we look at morality, it seems as though people are not outraged that there are those who are removing ancient landmarks, but they are outraged at those who say it shouldn't be done. Okay, Would you just elaborate a little bit in any direction? I think, you know, when people think about authority, when it comes to uh, morality, they, uh, a lot of people really have a jaundiced view of what, what authority really is. When you think about Christ and what he's done for the church, uh, the Bible says that, that he is the head and we are the body. So when he relates to the church, he relates to the church in the respect that uh, he cares for the church. He, he's nourishing the church. He's encouraging the church. So much so that the, uh, the writer Paul tells us that, we're, that as a husband, that we're, even Christ said so, that we are supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. And so with that mindset, uh, it's very, very important that we that we know the truth. That's the key, that we must know the truth. People get upset all the time because they don't think that uh, the news that we hear is the truth. And so they're only giving it to us in part. Well, the key there is to find out what the truth is. Sure. And that's what the gospel does. It's a standard that we keep as believers to, to uphold it. And to tell you the truth, uh, as Pastor, you said so well, if, there, if there's a, if we're on a bus and we know there's a cliff at the end, we have to speak up and say something. They would, you know, everybody on the bus would, would if you knew and they knew that you knew, I think they'd be upset at you if you, if you didn't say anything. <laughs> well, I, I think that's so so right. So when we are thinking about uh, uh, truth and, and having the right view and being stewards of God, uh, I, I think it is right that we stand up and take whatever heat. Uh, that we must take uh, in order to express the truth of God in this particular uh, time period that we're in. 
Yes. And the key is that we do it in a loving way. Yes. You know, Jesus came and he appealed to that which was before him. And we know that he was preexistent uh, to anything else. He was before all things. But when I say he appealed to something that was before him, I was meaning he appealed to the Old Testament, mm -hmm. which came before his earthly ministry. And so he was referencing words that were written by prophets. And so he obviously valued uh, what came before. And I, I think as a generation today, as a culture today, we don't value what has come before us. We, we almost act as if we're the first people on ever walked this earth. And uh, we know better than anyone else. Uh, that being parents or grandparents or authoritative uh, figures or even our history. We refuse to learn from history, and so we're, as the saying goes, doomed to repeat it. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a very cavalier uh, attitude towards the past. But Jesus, he referenced the past, he recognized the truth that was passed down, and then he ministered in love. He ministered, as you often say, Pastor, with the right disposition, yes. uh, obviously the perfect disposition, yes. in that although he was truth, mm -hmm. not just a bearer of truth, he was truth, he is truth, uh, the sinners were uh, gravitating toward him. Yeah. He, I, think, I think that's amazing. I think, as you said, sinners were gravitating toward this loving man who is all God. And so if God can love people who are opposed to him, certainly we can. And uh, and we want to convey that to people who, who may not uh, have that understanding. Mm -hmm. We're gonna come right back in just a few uh, minutes, a few seconds, and uh, with our next uh, uh, segment. So we wanna thank you, uh, we'll be right back. Hello. I'm Don Lavelle, pastor of Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship. I would like to invite you to join us for our new program, Being Christian in a Changing World, every Monday through Thursday night at 1 a.m. on KRIS Television. Welcome back uh, from that commercial break. I'm Don Lavelle, and to my right is uh, Cisco, uh, Dr. Cisco, actually, who's a Bible teacher and instructor in the Word of God. To my left is Bert Ortegon, who is a pastor uh, here at the fellowship and uh, also travels and preaches the Word of God around the world. And what we're, we want to do is just talk a little bit about morality in, in, in the light of uh, saying what is right holding the truth, but holding the truth and presenting the truth in love and graciousness and in kindness. So often uh, Christians are misunderstood and partially it's because of something that we have done or we have not done. Maybe we've not framed our uh, message with a love attitude. Maybe we've not framed our message with a gracious attitude. And so what we want to do is redouble our efforts. We want to double down on making sure that everyone in the world knows, not just in our communities, but that everyone in the world knows that Christians are obligated 
to hold the truth of God uh, in the way that God desires and that we don't have authority from God to change the truth. We don't have the authority from God to redefine uh, what something is or something is not. Uh, and so what we want to do, though, is, is be gracious, be loving, be kind. As, as is often said, uh, that uh, the law came through Moses. I mean, Moses was a lawgiver. Thou shall not. But this is grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so we, we have never seen this kind of graciousness. Uh, for example, uh, there in the last days that, that Jesus lived on the earth, there was a situation that the Pharisees, uh, who were a sect of, of religion, uh, and uh, they were law keepers, as it were, they found a woman caught in the very act of adultery. And uh, they took this woman, brought her to Jesus, and they said, the law of Moses says that we should stone her. What do you say? And they were really trying to trap him uh, to break either Jewish law or the, the Roman law. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what Jesus uh, did was he, he basically ignored their rantings and, and then he stooped down on the ground, began to write some things. Then he lifted up and he says, you who are without sin, cast the first stone at her. Jesus was not being permissive. What Jesus was saying is that, is that sinners ought to deal graciously with sinners. Yes. And uh, the, uh, we are people from all stripes as Christians. Uh, it, Paul talks to the Corinthians church about uh, the, the negative uh, things that they had done and, and the, the, the negative people they were, the sinful people that they were. And they talked about uh, you know some of the, the bad uh, traits of, of, uh, of lying or stealing and, and having very uh, various uh, proclivities and he said uh, basically um, such were some of you I mean I remember that scripture as it says such were some of you and so when we look at the world and the way the world is and the way uh, the world says okay we don't like uh, what you're saying about uh, our belief we, we don't like what you Christians are saying so we need to encounter people knowing that we were also in that same place and couching everything in the love of God. So, Pastor Burke, what would you say about that? Uh, how would you define being Christian um, in this changing world and uh, having the right to redefine or, uh, uh, what God has said or conforming to uh, uh, societal norms or the changing societal norms. Mm -hmm. I like what you said earlier about uh, Christians need to be nice. And, uh, uh, you know, there was a study that was done in 1951 by a German uh, minister. His name was Helmut Niebler. And the title of his work was Christ and Culture. And his his work provided a, a schematic the way that believers related to culture. Let me give you an example. I want to share something with you. He uh, gave an instance that there was a group of people where, uh, that were Christ against culture. There were Christians who actually stood in opposition to whatever trends were popular. Then there was a group of, of uh, people, Christ of culture, and churches often would follow cultural trends and dilute their message for the purpose of being accepted or gaining membership. And it's and it's funny that we're talking about this in this respect is that most evangelicals always protest against art, against music. Uh, they're always they come from the stances they're opposed to everything that the world does. Anything, anytime the world changes, they're opposed to it. 
And that's and that's a sad thing because Jesus dealt with everything head on. He never ran from a problem. You never find though Jesus always saying, "I'm opposed to this. I'm opposed yeah. to this." What Jesus did actually was brought the truth of God to us, mm -hmm. and He stayed on message. I, I think that's mm -hmm. very very important. And so we're not here to say that everything that we do and have done is right, but we we know it should be right. Uh, but what we want to do is is deal with what it means to be a Christian in a changing world because a lot of Christians are under the gun as it were uh, they, they are they are uh, made a spectacle of in that in that uh, the spotlight is on Christians and Christianity what are you going to do now are you going to be intolerant or are you going to resist uh, the changing tide what are you going to do Christian and so what we're saying is okay we need to frame our words well we need to make sure that people know that we are Christ's ambassadors, yes. that we are representing or representing God, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to do that, though, in a loving and a kind way, rather than, uh, as you said, always protesting, always being against something. Mm -hmm. And we, we know what we're against, but we don't know what we're for. Mm -hmm. So I, I would like uh, for us to continue this uh, because we don't have permission. We've agreed, I think, that we don't have permission to change what God has said. And uh, we know that that in today's uh, world that uh, conflict is inevitable. Uh, with the way that the world is going, the changing times, conflict is inevitable. It's like the gauntlet has been thrown down. Uh, as I've often said, I don't know who threw it down, but I do know the gauntlet is, has been thrown down. So conflict is inevitable with the church and the world's perspective. The world has a perspective of morality that we do not have. And when I say the world, for those who are listening in our audience, I'm speaking of those who don't uh, have Christ as their their life, as their center. I'm saying the, those people, and even some Christians, maybe uh, they say, well, I, I love Jesus Christ, but I don't agree with him. You know, there are Christians like that. I've heard them uh, many, many times. And so uh, since this, is, this conflict is inevitable, uh, then we have to deal with the fact of authority. Mm -hmm. Who has the authority to tell us what is right and what is wrong? And uh, maybe you can take that up. Uh, uh, Dr. Yes. Well, I, I think we have a, a misunderstanding of authority mm -hmm. and we recognize that there's people who have been abused by authority and you mentioned uh, people who say, uh, I believe in Christ or I serve Christ but not man. Mm -hmm. And there's a grain of truth in that statement but God speaks through men, he speaks through women he has a means of communication and so if i cannot obey a man or a woman that i can see who is my authority how can i believe a god who i can't see or obey him and so often we throw out these little quotations to really hide behind uh in our rebellion but authority isn't necessarily always restrictive it's recognizing that there is one over us who is loving, who has the best for us. Uh, and this is seen in just natural uh, in nature. It's seen in nature. An eagle is created to soar. And if you see an eagle uh, pecking with uh, the birds, you know, <laughs> digging for worms, you'd say that that eagle is out of place. That eagle was created by God to soar 
and when it's flopping around like with the ducks it's outside of its authority mm -hmm. and so when we're under god's authority we're actually under the place where we can shine where we can uh give him the glory and that we can do what he has called us to do and and and, and put in us and so i think we have to help the world help our culture see that authority is not restrictive not necessarily oppressive when it comes to god's authority sure. Amen. that's good you, you know and in those areas where authority might be restrictive it's certainly not ever oppressive as you said but where it is restrictive it is restrictive in the sense that if you saw a, a toddler about to eat some poison you stop them Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can't say, well, I don't have authority to say anything to this toddler. You know, you know that would be, would be reprehensible mm -hmm. for any sane person to do so. And so I think that we allow for authority in those areas where we agree with. But, you know, uh, there, there have been times uh, an authority, for example, I've, I've been speeding. I've not done that lately in a long, long time. I trust I don't do it in any, ever again. But there were times when I was speeding and the policeman uh, stopped me. I did not question his authority yes, to stop sure. me yeah. because uh, he should have stopped me. I was speeding. But we live in a world today where people will say, I'm speeding, but I have the right to do what I want to do. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I'm speeding for a good reason. Well, why? Because I wanted to get home for, in time for supper, you know. So, so, but I think that, that there seems to be also some attitude or spirit of anarchy um, even uh, and, and, and I don't want to deal with this specifically right now but but in a general way um, you know even with Christians saying horrible things about uh, leadership whether it is the governor or whether it is the president and we know that uh, the president um, is under always a barrage of attacks. I'm not saying I'm for everything he does, but I'm saying that it's so unchristian to rebel against authority. Um, God doesn't doesn't uh, endorse rebellion at all. So uh, I think that we need to look at uh, again the the fact that that. Uh, Christianity does not endorse rebellion. It does not uh, endorse incendiary speech. It, it does. It does not in any way say it's all right uh, to to have this attitude of anarchy or secession. It's not at all Christian, is it? No, not at all. It's it's in opposition to the the heart of God. We look at the Trinity, which we as believers believe in uh, historically in the Christian faith: uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And even in the Trinity, where without getting into such a deep subject, uh, even in the Trinity, where the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, there is hierarchy, if I can use that sure. word, mm -hmm. uh, though that. That word is not like uh, yeah, popular like yeah. in our yeah. culture. There's hierarchy because the the son comes and he he willingly submits to the father, though he is God, though the son is divine. He says, "I won't say anything, but what I hear the father saying." And likewise, the Holy Spirit. That's exactly. Jesus says to the Holy Spirit, "He's he's not going to say anything, but what he has heard from me mm -hmm. and represent me." And so, even in the Godhead is this order mm -hmm. respect of authority that's amazing and so as you say pastor rebellion or all of these uh, actions uh that are so-called revolutionary are 
in opposition to the heartbeat of God. Yeah, in opposition to the heartbeat of God. I'm going to give you 20 seconds to, to uh, chime in, uh, Berg. I think it's important to remember that as Christians, we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors of the King, King Jesus. And uh, even, even somebody who's representing our president, uh, let's say he's a secretary of state, he too has, is an ambassador. He carries the weight of the government. He carries the power of the government. But he takes the agenda of the president. Just like we take the agenda of Christ to the nations. It's our responsibility to say what he's saying and do what he's doing. I, right. I love that. I love. I think we, we good. the three of us will agree with that. And so, the, as a matter of fact, the, the scriptures say that we are ambassadors of Christ. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would like for our audience to leave uh, today with this thought that we lovingly uh, give what God has given to us. We lovingly do that. We are, we're not giving a perspective from a uh, an agenda, a personal agenda, but we are saying what we really believe that God has said to all of us. We sure appreciate you, and uh, you may not hear this a lot uh, in today's uh, uh, jargon, but we love you, and we're excited to be coming to you every day uh, here Monday through Thursday. So thank you so very much for being a part of our program today. God bless you.